Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horribly Happy. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Sophie. And we're back at it. We apologize for the week off last week. Um, We had some unforeseen stuff come up and just super, super busy. So, you know, hopefully you had a nice break from hearing our voice as well and are excited to hear us. It was nothing serious. It it literally was just scheduling. It was so busy that we were like, we can't. We it gotta- was chaos. Yeah. I just don't want people to think, I don't know. No. Happened. Yeah. It was just like a very, very busy week for the both of us, especially me. Well, you too, Sophie, but you were no, available you to were. record and I was not. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sophie had a extremely busy last few weeks as well so I don't know if you want to get into that self oh yeah so a few episodes back Jenna was talking about her grandma Rose so sweet we were talking about grandparents um unfortunately my grandma my dad's mom passed away a couple weeks ago um now she was 94 so she lived an amazing life she was mm-hmm. she was Rose's friend they um, literally quilted together yeah at my grandma's wake there was like um someone graciously lent the the quilt that they won because I don't know do you know how like they would quilt and then they'd raffle off the quilt yeah 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 like everyone in my family has been buying tickets for years and has never won a quilt but someone like let us just use it for the wake. And then there's a picture of the girlies quilting and Rose and Mary Lou were in it. It's so cute. <laughs> Rose and Mary Lou popping off. Yeah. So sitting um, next to each other too. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. So yeah, obviously that was really sad. And um, you know, it like takes up time, which is totally fine. It was like super great to see a lot of my family that I haven't seen in years because of the pandemic. And then like a lot of my cousins have kids of their own now. So it's just harder to get together. So like my niece got to meet um, three second cousins that around her age that she hasn't met before. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. It was really fun. Um, So it was great to honor her life, but, you know, been super busy with that. And just sad but like I said she was 94 so a lot to celebrate yeah like um, a celebration of her amazing life yeah and my grandpa so her husband passed um years ago so they're getting the house ready and stuff and I got to go on Friday um got to go through and like take anything I wanted now like my grandma is of the great depression era so she saved like anything possible that you could save so a lot of it is uh, probably just going to be uh trash but <laughs> it was still fun to go through a lot of stuff and like um some of my grandpa's stuff was there too so that was that was cool um yeah so that's kind of an update oh, well rest in peace Mary Lou you're yeah. so loved and lived such an amazing life and she did very inspirational yeah oh and she had a pink casket and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen a pink casket well it was like pearly you know like um you know those Mary Kay cars that are like yeah yeah more of like a pearly color that you can like 
only in the right light you can tell it's pink that's like what her casket was and then she was wearing all pink it was so cute that's so sweet and and how did she come across the pink casket didn't she see it when she was when they were picking out a casket for somebody else and was yeah that's adorable yeah a few years ago her brother passed away and they were like picking out a casket and she saw the pink one she's like I really like that (laughs) (laughs) so they just noted it and like they went to the funeral home and like oh she one time pointed out a pink casket and they're like we know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) so um shout out Daniel funeral home I think they made it like a really great experience not to like plug them I don't know why but um, they were great (laughs) if you're in the St. Cloud area and want to celebrate a life there hit them up well uh probably a lot of emotional highs and lows like seeing family and celebrating her life so um I'm glad you got to kind of rest and recharge this weekend just like a, a reset for you yeah. So like the weekend of my grandma's funeral, um, I did double duty. I was at my grandma's funeral on Saturday and then I met up with you for Sarah's bachelorette party yeah. Saturday night. So um, it's been crazy, but Sarah's bachelorette party was so fun and it was so Sarah. It I was so fun. I, I loved it. It was, I don't know. It was Sarah perfect. It's just like, this is, this is somebody that it's, both of our childhood friends and we, since like grade school yeah since grade school and we've stayed so she was your neighbor Sophie yeah but um, then we all school together yeah but grade school I did her. go to grade school with her shout out C's <laughs> go C's sharks C's you were the sharks yes yeah, C's no, sharks no. St. Elizabeth and Seton sharks okay. wow. <laughs> so anyways um Sarah's been a great friend of ours ever since we're both in her wedding this September and she is just like the nicest person you'll ever meet I don't know how else to describe her so nice and so chill and so just like down to earth and just like so unproblematic so (laughs) problematic unlike us no I'm just kidding if you have a problem with Sarah it's your own issue it's not a Sarah issue and, and, and just to end this spiel about boosting Sarah, just like the greatest <laughs> friend. Yes. Like, truly a great friend. So we celebrated her last Saturday. It was so much fun. We did like a little um, craft. mimosa craft, yeah. craft thing. It's called Upstairs Circus. If you're in the Minneapolis area, North Loop, super, super fun. My popular belief, it's not upstairs, though. It's not upstairs, no. But <laughs> you can, like, paint something or, like, make home good crafts or jewelry or whatever. So I made a a gold necklace with two gold circles, and I stamped a Z on one of the circles and a K on one of their circles for Zach and Kona, my dog. And oh. it's an ode to Taylor Swift as well, who once said... I wear his initial on a chain around my neck, not because he owns me, but because he really knows me, which is more than they can say. So (laughs) that that was my craft. And then we went, what did we do? Oh, we went to like a food hall and then a cidery. And then we went back to Sarah's house and had tacos and drinks and a bonfire. And it was just like so much fun. And it was so Sarah. It was so perfect. Yes. Um, it was great. I missed the crafts, but I met with up with you guys at the food hall and 
Yeah, it was really fun. I got to meet, um, like we got to meet some of Sarah's college friends uh, and super great. Sarah's were all there. And I saw like um, her sisters, her mom, who I haven't seen in like forever. So it was just like- fiance's mom who so sweetly made us tacos and then left and didn't eat any of the tacos. No, like you can hang with us. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. It was fantastic. So cheers to Sarah and the end of her single era. (laughs) (laughs) She was married in like a month-ish. Yeah. So we'll report back after that wedding. Yeah. Okay. So the reason we couldn't release the episode last week is all because of me and my terrible planning skills. We couldn't even record it. So yeah, we couldn't even record the episode because I was running around with my literal head cut off and (laughs) now I have time. But as we know, I moved into a house and I moved in. Okay, so this was my chain of events. What did I do Friday night before Sarah's bachelorette party? Oh, I packed. I packed up my whole house Friday night before Sarah's (laughs) bachelorette party. (laughs) And then Saturday was Sarah's bachelorette party and obviously so much fun. And I felt good because I had already packed. So I didn't need to worry about anything. Sunday morning, movers came at 8 a.m. And we moved all day Sunday. And then throughout the week, we were supposed to record on Monday. And Zach's parents came over to help us on projects. We like changed the locks. Like, you know, those things that you need to do like right away. And... I thought we'd have time to record on Monday and we totally did not have time to record on Monday. And then Tuesday, we went back to Sarah's house for dinner with our girl pals. And Sophie was like, well, we can record tonight. And I'm like, well, then I have to record or then I have to edit tonight too. So anyways, we sacrificed the episode to hang out with our friends. So, (laughs) And we have no regrets. And I have no regrets at all. But... I just thought I'd have more time between my move and it turns out moving is pretty chaotic so I did not have time (laughs) yeah and of course Jen and I like don't prep for our um episodes until like the day of so it's like we didn't even think to try to like record even before the weekend because that's not our style no Um, so but here we are anyways you know I was moving and it was too crazy and then we decided to hang out with our friends instead of doing the pod so (laughs) (laughs) no regrets though but yeah I moved and I'm almost out of my old place we just have a few lingering items and need to go back to clean it today but we're like kind of getting settled in our new place we still have a bunch of boxes of like clothes and stuff but our main level is like somewhat put together like it's not like decorated but we have furniture which is nice yeah and it just feels so good like I just like wake up in the morning I'm like oh my god I live here that's yeah it's so cute I went and saw it I don't even remember when um when did oh Tuesday I picked you up before we went and got together with friends and it is very cute it was like I think Jenna's up like it wasn't as chaotic as you're making it sound. I mean, the main level is very put together. So maybe that's why. But yeah, it's super, super cute. 
and we have a dining room table which is amazing because in my last house I had like a bistro table that literally looks like it's for children and Zach and I are tall people I'm like 5'10 5'11 and Zach's 6'5 and we were sitting at like a miniature table for dinner so we have like a full-size dining table which is so fun so last night we actually had our friends over Mario and Alana and we had our first little dinner party Love. um I didn't make any food they brought Rosalia some pizza over and I nice had or I made like these little spritz cocktails and we drank cute and then played carbals love so fun so fun so it was the beginning of my hosting era love that for you yeah I was just excited to get settled and I'm trying not to buy too many things because I I've been told you should just live there for a bit and then see what you need or or see what would work or what you know would Mm -hmm. be beneficial but Sophie so nicely put together a little mood board for me for my living room oh, yeah. because my parents had like extra furniture, these this nice leather chair and couch, which just like so worked out. Like real leather. Yeah. yeah I nice. mean, it's beautiful. My dad was like trashing it when he was talking about it. He was like, I don't think you'll like it. There's cracks in it. Like, I don't know, like it can just be temporary. And then I, it shows up and like, this is amazing like these are perfect these do not have to be temporary so yeah. Sophie built me a little mood board to, for to find a rug to go with the couches and I did find the rug and I ordered it it was so helpful to see it like all laid out like that yeah so. because you got you picked up an accent chair on Facebook marketplace but you were also looking for like a, a new coffee table vibe and like maybe a couple like side tables mm-hmm. so um but yeah, you're mainly looking for the rug, which you found because you ordered it. I'm so excited. So yeah, now, you know, I'm just going to slowly put everything else together, but I just wanted a rug in there. That was like the main thing to finish it yeah. off. And I'm going to throw a little housewarming party. So it's, I think I already told you this. It's just going to be like a casual weekday thing to stop yeah. pop by. So I'm making like a, a little canva graphic right now to send out as an invite (laughs) so cute i can't wait (laughs) i cannot wait it should be on a wednesday because we used well like well it doesn't have to be but now that volleyball's volleyball will be over this week and like everyone usually already has wednesdays blocked off for volleyball true but it doesn't have to be maybe i'll put out feelers and then confirm the date i'm flexible okay sweet yeah that's my update I'll keep y'all updated on home ownership we got a lawnmower Zach mowed the lawn we're very adult (laughs) my landlord just mowed my lawn for the second time this summer you can imagine how long my grass was (laughs) well it was either like dead grass because it's been dry and sunny but then all the grass that's in the shade was very tall so Got a very interesting move on his part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also this week on Thursday, Sophie and I went to Too Hot live show in Minneapolis at Varsity Theater. So we've talked about Too Hot Takes before. It's my favorite podcast. Sophie has now listened to it after I convinced her to, but the host. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's fun. 
basically they like read reddit stories and user write-ins or not user write-ins um like listen write-ins to um react to yeah so morgan's the host and then her boyfriend and her two best friends are her co-hosts that you know rotate through Mm -hmm. and she's they're all from minnesota but live in la so they like came back to minnesota to do their first ever live show and it was so much fun it was it was was interesting because when i listen to the podcast because there's just like crazy crazy stories like um like I was adopted and my boyfriend was adopted and we found out that we are actually siblings like crazy yeah. stories like that yeah so when, when I'm listening at home or like on my walks or whatever sometimes I like talk back to the podcast and I'm like oh my god like yeah like, no you're not the asshole like I just yeah things out loud so it's interesting when we were at the live show like everybody in the crowd was doing that too like we we would boo at stories or cheer at reactions yeah it's it's like a very interactive podcast in general. Like even if you're not audibly saying anything when you're listening, like you're thinking, you're like agreeing with them or like you're having thoughts about it. So like when you're doing it in a live show or like when Jenna and I are with each other listening, it's like, we're obviously going to comment on stuff, but it kind of got, it was like kind of weird at times. Like it got kind of loud and like people like weren't quieting down while they were like trying to talk. So yeah, Sophie and I were like listening to- so intently. We're like looking around at people, like, shut up. We're we didn't care. <laughs> we didn't shush anyone, but I definitely at times like kind of gave people the look like you're talking really loud right God, now. <laughs> because I mean it's a small venue. It's not like there yeah. were other people shushed. People yeah, we didn't. We did <laughs> but it was so much fun. And I like feel some attachment to them. Like just I think because they're from Minnesota and yeah I started listening to the podcast like almost immediately when it came out yeah and I just feel like I'm on like this journey with them so when we showed up to the venue okay so tickets (laughs) it starts at 7 p.m so Sophie I'm like thinking we're late because we're we Sophie and I like 6 55 yeah Sophie I went to dinner before and then I'm like thinking we're late to the show and then I show up or we both show up and literally like 20 people are there and they're not even sitting down yet they're like not even letting us sit down yet so I was like yeah oh my god what's happening and then they opened it up to let us sit down I'm like there's 20 people here like I feel so bad <laughs> and then I pull up my phone doors open at seven and the show starts at eight so that's totally my bad yeah so we sat around for an hour (laughs) totally my bad (laughs) but it's okay it was it was great it was it was really fun to go to for sure yeah so yeah that was our kind of crazy last couple weeks happy to kind of start settling in um breathe a little bit yeah yeah um shall we get into the stories uh, yeah we should I like forgot what I was doing again like this morning we were texting and I was like wait what did I write it on again that's why um, I had to I'm like just give me a second to like refresh my notes because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a while yeah because we did write them last week because yeah. we thought we were gonna record um okay I'm doing mine on the kidnapping of Jan Broberg Hmm. I've never heard this before. I feel like you have. 
Maybe. Anyway, sources this week are Vanity Fair, Refinery29, and Ranker.com. So there is actually a Netflix documentary on this kidnapping that I've watched, and it's called Kidnapped in Plain Sight. Does that ring a bell? No. Oh, my gosh. I can't watch true crime. I can't. I get too freaked out. I hate reenactments whatever I can only listen to it okay (laughs) so essentially this girl was kidnapped twice by the same man and I'm gonna tell the story of it okay (laughs) it's nuts and if you are like super into it I I would watch the documentary because it's like mostly her and her family talking about it which is really interesting but no pressure but it's crazy Okay, so her name is Jan Broberg. So the Brobergs and the Burke told families were close family friends. And they first connected when Mary Ann Broberg, this is Jan's mom, was working at her church, which was an LDS parish. And she spotted Robert Burke told his wife, Gail, and their five children who were parishioners at the time. Marianne introduced the Berktolds to her husband, Bob. And oh my God. Three- I think I did. I think I know this story. Okay. okay sorry yeah. to interrupt you. It's I, okay. I just, yes. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So her ha- introduced him to her husband, Bob, and three daughters, Jan, Susan, and Karen. Both he and his parents. Um, oh, both the parents and the children got along well and spent a lot of time together. And Robert Berktold became somewhat of a second father figure to the Broberg girls. However, he showed special attention to Jan and showered her with gifts and attention and often spent time together unsupervised. So during the connection to the family, they're just family friends. Like they met and they just became close. All LDS. Yeah. Okay. Which is Mormon. Mm -hmm. During the fall. During the fall of 1972, Robert Berktold began calling Marianne Broberg from work and asked her to bring him lunch. And those two grew closer and the and Bob Berktold suggested having an affair with Marianne. So while the two attended an LDS outing together one day, they stopped during the drive to become physically intimate. So he kind of like intentionally started um getting closer to her and have in like spending time with her alone and then suggested this affair which they did eventually act on physically and this is the mom Mm -hmm. okay and bob burke told actually or robert burke told actually did something similar to bob so this is marianne's husband um during a car ride one day where Robert, this is confusing because they're both Robert. So Robert and Bob were in a car together and Berktold expressed that he was having marital frustrations and asked Bob to assist him in an intimate release and Bob succumbed to it. So um, Bob is Marianne's husband. So at this point, Robert Berktold had had an affair with both Bob and Marianne physically. I remember that. And also the term intimate release. Please never again say that. <laughs> I took that from the article because I was like, I don't really know how else to say it. And I was like, I probably <laughs> didn't even need to say it, but. <laughs> no, thank um, you. I, I can, I, I know what's going on now. Yeah. So super, super manipulative. Like this is obviously a very unique situation. Um, pretty, and, pretty strange. Yeah. And yeah. So both Marianne and Bob felt like what they did was wrong. They didn't 
really change their relationship with the Berktolds or hesitate to let him spend time with Jan since they were nervous he'd press charges or expose them to the church. So like Berktold was the one initiating these affairs, but also was spending a lot of time with Jan, the daughter. And I think Marianne and Bob felt like pretty uncomfortable by it all, but they were um, people of faith and were very scared about um, that information coming out. So they just didn't really ever say or do anything about it. I don't think things kept happening, but they didn't like confront Burke told about it. Got it. And how old is Jan again? The daughter. Um, she is young. Let me see. Around twelve. Okay. Maybe like ten when they first start. Yeah. Out. So in Jan. Really young. What, yeah. Really young. Yes. In January of 1974, Burke told was actually um, rebuked, rebuked, rebuked. Thanks by the LDS Church for having a relationship. Um with a young woman. So he was, I'm assuming that's like kind of like being kicked out of the church for gross things, having a relationship with a young woman. This is not Jan, by the way, this is a different, completely like not in the family. Got it. Um, So Berktold began to attend therapy for this incident and convinced the Broberg parents that part of his therapy treatment required him to sleep in the same bed as a young girl, which he suggested to be Jan, who was 12 years old at the time. Literally so messed up. So, so, so messed up. Um, And the Brobergs allowed him to because they thought that that was truly suggested by his therapist and part of like his healing journey. And Burke told, uh, would began this routine of sleeping with her about four times a week for around six months. Okay. Gross. Yeah. And Octo- on October 27th of that year, Berktold actually kidnapped Jan one night. So he picked her up from piano lessons and pretended to take her horseback riding he, he like said that her mom had sent him to pick her up and he had actually fed her an unknown substance that caused her to fall asleep. And he drove to a predetermined site and faked a scene to insinuate that the both of them were taken against their will. So Jan is like knocked out and he goes to the scene and makes it look like him and Jan were both kidnapped Mm -hmm. by someone. And he transferred Jan to a motor home and continued driving. He left his car at the site. When Jan came to in the motor home, she was like very disoriented and confused. And Berktold placed a recording device next to her bed with a quote unquote message from aliens, quote unquote, Zeta and Zethra, which stated Jan was in fact half alien. Okay. So this is really strange. The tape instructed Jan that she would need to have a baby with Burke told before she turned 16 to avoid any harm that would come to her family. So he kidnaps Jan and is essentially now brainwashing her. The Brobergs alerted the FBI a few days later that Jan was missing. They delayed calling for a few days because they were scared to upset Gail Berktold, which is Robert Berktold's wife oh i didn't know he had a wife yeah he had a wife and family he had kids okay um the fuck and i think the uh, upsetting the wife is because like they didn't want to accuse him 
him of of kidnapping Jan because she was also like threatening to expose the things that they did. Okay. Like, the things that the yeah. parents did with Robert. Yeah. Got it. It was all about like saving face. Like I don't think Gail was like was part of those affairs by any means. Yeah. But, she knew yeah. about them. Yeah. Got it. So Burke Berktold continued to brainwash Jan with this fake alien prophecy while the search for them began. In late November, Berktold crossed the border into Mexico with Jan so he could legally marry her since the legal age of consent in Mexico is 12. All the while, Berktold continued to sexually abuse Jan because they're trying to have a baby at this point. Yeah. Um, Berktold reached out to his brother, Joe, soon after the marriage, requesting him to relay a message to Jan's parents that he would return Jan if they approved of the marriage. And Jan's parents like did not accept. They were like, no, you cannot be married to our daughter because they need parental consent if they were to come back. Yeah. However, the authorities tapped Joe's phone with his permission and they were able to trace um robert and jan in mexico the two were apprehended but berktold was able to speak with jan before they were extradited home which is like why and explained to her that everything that happened between them on this trip was a secret and she could not tell the family about it (sighs) why would they let him talk to her i don't know i mean this is the 70s so yeah Jan returned home to her family, but still believed she was an alien who needed to marry Berktold in order to protect her family and save the planet. So Jan is like not actually like in love with Robert, yeah. but she thinks she has to fulfill this prophecy or her family's going to die and mm-hmm. the planet will be ruined. Um, so while Berktold awaited trial, Gil Berktold showed up to the Broberg house on Christmas Eve of 1974 and threatened them to sign affidavits proclaiming the incident with Jan was a misunderstanding. And if they didn't agree to do so, she and her husband would expose the Brobergs for the sexual encounters they had with Berktold. This is so crazy too. It's like, Gail, why do you want to protect this man slash still be married to him? I know like you have a family and you're a part of the church and you want to save face, but this is so terrible. Yeah. It seems like it's all about like reputation and saving face. Yeah. Because there's no way she was okay with this, I'm assuming. So the Brobergs actually signed the paperwork. Nuts. Okay. So in the spring of 1975, Marianne and Berktold officially began to have an affair again after months in flirtation from the previous sexual encounter. Berktold was doing all of this in an attempt to manipulate the Brobergs. This man is obviously the most influential person to walk this plane in it because I don't know how you kidnap someone's daughter and then convince her to have an affair with you. And well, not really have an affair, but like it, manipulate it, I, an affair. An affair would be like her agreeing consensually and she's not consensually agreeing. She's too young to. Agree. Oh no, sorry. The mom, this is the mom oh. is having an affair again. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not an affair with Jan. Jan is, is a minor. No, Marianne has picks up an affair again that spring. God, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So this affair drove Marianne and Bob apart. And about a year later, Bob actually filed for divorce and took his three daughters. So Jan being one of the daughters. Go Bob. But Marianne and Marianne ended the affair and reunited with Bob and the girls. So God damn. the divorce <laughs> never. 
<laughs> reverse, reverse Uno card. Holy. So the divorce never was official. Okay. All the while, Jan frequently expressed her desire to be with Berthold and wanting to marry him. So I think during this time, like Marianne and Bob are trying to keep Jan away from Robert. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she still thinks she has to fulfill this prophecy. So she's begging them and she's kind of going through this like, quote unquote, triple teen, like fighting with them and they don't understand her, but she can't tell them why, you know, kind of thing. Right. All very confusing. Um. So in 1976, Berktold, Robert Berktold moved to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and purchased a family fun center. After the move, he continued to send Jan love letters and call her. So now at this point, they're living, the families are living far apart, but he is still in contact with Jan. Mm -hmm. Jan begged her parents to allow her to work at that center for the summer with Berktold. And eventually the Brobergs allowed her to get on a plane and visit Berktold alone. Why? I don't know. It's painful. It's so frustrating. Yeah. So she spent two weeks with him in the trailer, in his trailer before she returned home. But Jan then disappeared August of that year under the guise that she had run away on her own volition. So the Brobergs had found a note in Jan's room saying, dear Bob and Marianne, which is like, first off, you don't say dear mom and dad. You won't let me do what's right. So I'll do what's wrong. I'm leaving without b and do not have i'm leaving with b and do not have a plan to come back until you accept me as me i cannot accept your religion or your screwed up morals i just want to be me and have b please before all of us are destroyed let me go so b they called robert b yeah please before all of us are destroyed let me go like she's truly believing Mm -hmm. what he's saying yeah so worry that the press would find out jan was once again missing the parents waited two weeks to call the FBI. Wow. It's so hard not to be mad at the parents. It's in this. so hard because it's like, are they not doing this because of like their own reputation? It's yeah, like, like what's like, more important, your daughter's life or your reputation? Right. So Berktold claimed to have no knowledge of Jan's whereabouts and spent three months calling them pretending to be concerned about her disappearance. So he was claiming she ran away because they wouldn't let her be with him, but that they, they weren't together either. But the truth was that Burke told had snuck into Jan's room the night she left quote unquote and convinced her to leave with him again. So he took her to Pasadena, California and enrolled her in an all girls Catholic school as his daughter. Super weird because they're also married in Mexico. Um, (laughs) Berktold told the school that he was a CIA agent and Jan was his daughter and that her mother had passed after an incident concerning his secret work. This cover story convinced the school to fend off any inquiries concerning Jan. Again, this has to be the 70s. Like, how do you not have, like, records of a child? Literally. Like, he has no record. Like, I guess I don't know what you need to do to, like, enroll somebody in school, but, like, it seems like like that. I think you need... You need like vaccination records from doctors and I would assume you need like a social security card or like. At right. Least... And like, do you need to prove that you're the actual parent? I don't, I don't know, actually. I don't know either, but it seems like you should. But I, he doesn't have any of these records of Jan, you know, right. he doesn't have any of these personal records. So 
As part of the plea deal from the first kidnapping of Jan, Berktold received a sentence of five years, which he was to serve in June of 1976. But his punishment was lessened to 45 days behind bars, but he spent only 10 days total in September of 1976. So he did serve time for that first kidnapping, but not very long, obviously. Mm-hmm. The FBI then tapped the Broberg's phone and traced him to Salt Lake City, Utah. They discovered where Jan was going to school and were able to return her to her parents mid-November and arrested Berktold. When in jail, Berktold hired two men to burn down the Broberg family business, which was a flower shop. Jan felt this incident was her fault for failing the alien mission. Yeah, so she's thinking she's now, like, things are starting to crumble because she didn't isn't fulfilling this prophecy. Right. In 1977, Berktold was charged with kidnapping, arson, and burglary by, but he was eventually acquitted of charges by reason of insanity and committed to six months in a maximum security mental facility, which. Six months? He's kidnapped for use. Yeah. I feel like what I hear now is if you plead like mentally insane, I don't think it's like, okay, well then you only have to serve six months. I think it's like, you're, you're in it. You're in a mental facility, like right. probably forever. Um, so Jan didn't realize the falsehood of the alien mission until she, this is so sad, until she woke up on the morning of her 16th birthday and all was well. And finally she told her parents about it. Cause if you remember the mission was that she had to have a baby before she was 16 or so, her family would write yeah world or something and the planet her family okay, and yeah. the planet were like at stake so like i'm sure this poor girl just having the most anxiety leading up to her 16th birthday no it's really sad it's yeah no blame to her whatsoever she's 100 percent a victim yeah and then that's when she told her parents like everything and i think it all made i mean it doesn't make sense but it, like all made sense as to like yes. why she was so connected to this guy. Yes. So Jan was able to eventually move on, get married, have a child of her own, and even got into acting. So Jan got the help she needed. I think her family was able to heal. I think her parents are incredibly embarrassed and ashamed of everything that happened. Although it's still like so hard for me to even begin to understand how that happened. So on uh, the documentary, Jan and her parents are interviewed, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's so interesting how they're like so ashamed and embarrassed to come forward and like even report their daughter missing, but then they turn around and do a documentary on what happened. Did they go yeah. into like why they the switch? Well, I think they just I don't remember. I watched this documentary a few years ago and I didn't watch, I didn't rewatch. I watched some clips, but I didn't rewatch it in its entirety when mm-hmm. I was researching this. Um, Jan is much older now. Like she's an adult and has her own family. I think it's just, I think they just like want to set the record straight, which in their defense, like they were manipulated. They were everyone in that family, in the Broberg family, was yeah. manipulated by Robert Berktold. So, you know, I don't think, you know, he essentially blackmailed them and manipulated them um, into having yeah. affairs. And that whole this is family the 70s. is the whole family's victims, like especially Jan. She's 
I mean, she was a child that was coerced, um, literally raped. Um, yeah. And like brainwashed. So no blame to her whatsoever. The parents for sure are victims too, but also you just like want to shake them and be like, please help your child and don't worry about your image. Yeah. But this dude is just messed up. And I think it's also like the justice system just so failed here. How is this man able to kidnap a girl and then still have contact with her and then eventually kidnap her again? It's just, we've talked about this so many times. I just think when, uh, adults are involved with like underage um kids and children it it just feels like it's a re it's always going to be a repeat offender situation it's something that 10 days in jail is not going to fix six months in a mental facility didn't fix obviously so um it's just really yeah it's disturbing but in november of 2005 robert burke told um, stood trial for another crime and was actually found guilty. And while awaiting sentencing for that crime, he took his own life. So that's where the story ends. I'm so curious about like his wife and family and yeah. daughters about all of this, because I don't think Gail was actively participating in the brainwashing and kidnapping, but she knew it was going on and she was defending him, which is right just as gross yeah I mean you almost wonder if like she was a victim of him as well yeah but yeah this guy's scary yeah wow that's crazy for sure yeah yeah that I don't know kidnapped twice by the same guy unreal I, I from what I remember of the documentary Jan is doing as well as she could possibly be doing under the circumstances. Like Mm -hmm. she sought help. She's trying to live a happy, healthy life now. Mm -hmm. Seemed like she, I mean, I think she was like very well-spoken and like very, um, she was like, she actually seemed very put together yeah Yeah. like she was very reflective like she was the victim and like now she understands that but it took her a long time to come to that yeah interesting yeah it's and a lot it's a lot of emotional and psychological damage oh yeah over the course of years that she had to undo but yeah it's a really good documentary it's called abducted in plain sight I know there's a movie that or a book I think her mom wrote too. So I don't know the name of it, but you could probably find it Mm, if you're interested in learning more. Okay. Got it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) And so sad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pivot here. Okay, so my happy story is about the biggest climate deal in history. The Inflation Reduction Act that was just passed. Let's go. Okay. So you know a lot of time when like bills are passed or like things are happening in politics. Um there's a lot of words and it's like hard to dive into it. And 
like see what's actually going on. So I took a deep dive into the Inflation Reduction Act to see how it will impact climate because climate is, in my opinion, and a lot of experts' opinions, one of the biggest threats to our society right now yeah. and in the future. So it's it's huge. It's a huge deal. So actually, I, I saw this TikTok that was like, stop asking people and politicians if they believe in climate change and start asking them if they understand climate change because it's so true they're like it's not an opinion or something you believe in it's whether they understand what's happening and see it as the problem it is and I was like that's so true because yeah I don't know it's science it's It's proven literally just a fact yeah change is real my I love it this is sarcastic I love it when people are like yeah of course like there's warming and cooling cycles and it's natural like global warming has always happened it's like yeah no shit it's just being extremely expedited because of human yeah right now anyways some background I did study environmental science with an emphasis in policy in college along with communication studies so clearly this is a passion of mine yeah um and I do have some background knowledge anyways there's more people that are more experts than me so I went to them to do a deep dive into this it is called the inflation reduction act and it does a lot of other things besides climate so it's kind of all wrapped into this um you know bill that was passed but it's uh I'm just going to focus on the climate aspect of this today because there's too many other things to go into. So I did go to my buddy, Hank Green, for some explanation on this. For anybody that doesn't know who Hank Green is, Hank and John Green are brothers. And if you grew up in like the, as a millennial or Gen Z, you probably know who they are because John Green writes a bunch of books, like The Fault in Our Stars. And then Hank Green is like a science communicator like he's basically like a content creator but for like science things he's kind of on the spectrum of bill nye the science guy but modern yes nerd okay and something i I, i'm not quite sure of do they both do crash course like do you remember crash course history in in our social studies classes you mean does john green also do it or does Bill Nice, the science no, guy? No, John and Hank Green. I think they both do it. Like I think, okay. I think John Green does history and Hank Green does science, as far as like okay. crash course, crash course yeah. world history, or crash course. It's basically yeah. like a free YouTube. It's YouTube mm-hmm. videos that like really explain history and science well. So, anyways, Hank Green's really smart guy. Follow him on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, all of that stuff, and he is just like an amazing science communicator. Okay, so my sources are Hank Green and his YouTube video on the Inflation Reduction Act and earthjustice.org. Earthjustice is like a really well-known and um, well-respected nonprofit um, regarding Earth Justice. (laughs) Okay, so um, the reason I wanted to do a deep dive into this is because I... um, Climate doom is like a real thing and I've experienced it where it's just like, holy shit, we're doomed and mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do and what's the point type of thing. Um, 
I've felt this before because it can feel so overwhelming and so like you have such little impact yeah but the science community is really 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 excited about this bill that was passed and Hank Green does an amazing deep dive in it we'll link the YouTube video in this bio um and it's like actually the most important bill that will be passed in recent history because it's going to make hopefully such a huge impact on climate in a positive way. So I'm just going to go into this a little bit here. Um, President Joe Biden has signed the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, So it was passed through Congress and the Senate, which is like a huge deal right now because it's the everything is so bipartisan or everything is not bipartisan. Everything is so... (laughs) divisive yeah um, so the fact that it was it. passed yeah. through both and signed by joe biden is huge it's a really big win um and it, it's a bill that will invest 369 billion dollars into su- climate solutions and environmental justice that's a lot of money billions yeah it was it supposed to be more and for other reasons that i'll get into a bit it was it's not quite as much uh-huh. but it's still strides so the bill will likely put us on path to 40% emissions reductions by the year 2030, while restoring the United States credibility to lead climate change action on the global stage. So not only this is why it's like so important. Other countries have adopted similar legislation, um, but for the United States to pass something like this, not only will it push other countries to do more, the United States is a huge, huge emitter, so it will help the United States get on the right path. And yeah, like we're for sure top five countries of global emissions, right? Yeah, I don't know Maybe. the exact number, but um, we're up there. Yeah, we're up there for sure. So not only will it like push other countries in the world yeah. to do this, it will help us. So that's why this is just like a huge, huge step forward. So some background on just like climate in general. In the year 2005, the United States hit peak CO2 emissions at about 7 billion tons per year, which is a lot. I We don't need to get into the science behind that, but that was the peak emissions. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, it has dropped to 5 billion tons per year. So we are declining. We just mm-hmm. need to decline by more. Mm-hmm. Um, but partially the reason we've dropped from 7 billion to 5 billion is because clean green energy is just less expensive now. Mm-hmm. Back then it was just like more expensive. It was new. Yeah. So, you know, gas, coal, all of that stuff was cheaper. Than- yeah, it still is. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the scientific community is aiming for net zero carbon emissions by 2050. So this bill should help us to the path of 40% reduction by 2030. So like help us get to that goal by 2050. So because of this bill, now this could actually be possible of the net zero emissions by 2050, which is like actually huge. Like I can't emphasize this enough. Like people are really, really hopeful now. Like the science community is normally like doom and gloom and like Mm -hmm. they are like excited which is yeah that it gives me relief (laughs) it's it's very exciting yeah because we clearly need to make this shift quickly we've heard from experts that yeah make this shift quickly we are so So, close to the point of no return 
yeah and unlikely are there already but we can do yeah you mitigate Slow it yeah make it less less extreme okay so there's three main goals of this climate uh the, the climate part of this bill number one is to decrease co2 and other greenhouse gases we emit of course Number two is trying to make impacts of climate change less impactful on people and the disadvantaged population, because it's just a proven fact that climate change will impact the disadvantaged population much yep. more. Yep. Um, so there's steps in place in this bill to mitigate that. And then third is make the United States an industrial center of green energy. So like the powerhouse, literally, of green yeah. energy with wind, solar, and storage. So there are extreme investments in place to help us get there. So just a few points here that I thought um, were interesting and like easy to understand. Um, so some things that are a part of this bill are that there'll be manufacturing tax credits to encourage the United States to make solar panels, wind turbines, and batteries. It's so like essentially like solar turbines, wind panels, or... Uh, solar panels wind turbines um those are not constant you know Mm -hmm. you need wind and you need sun yeah (laughs) um there's geothermal energy and nuclear energy as well but like best way to do it the like the cleanest way to do it and most the safest way to do it is solar and wind but you need a way to store that so you need yeah powerful batteries to call upon when you don't have yeah. wind and, and light. Um, so there needs to be extreme investments in batteries. And part of that is here as well. So essentially like companies will be encouraged to work on these products to make them better through tax credits. Okay. So also nuclear energy will be um, invested into as well, which is a little bit controversial, but um, in a lot of people's opinions, it's... um really like uh the only way towards clean energy okay nuclear is just like dangerous so that's why it's controversial okay in addition to this there are wage and apprenticeship requirements so this will actually like allow us to train employees in this sector and pay them well Um, love there'll be money towards people with home improvement so like individually you can do you can have these um incentives to improve your home Mm -hmm. and there's also incentives that help out poorer communities and as well to improve their home okay um there's also electric vehicle tax credits Mm. um only if the vehicle meets certain requirements not many vehicles meet that right now but it's to incentivize vehicles to reach these requirements so then people capitalize on these tax credits Okay, so one note is that it, this bill will not make fossil fuels more expensive because some people are like, we'll just increase fossil fuels. So clean energy is like the way to go. But this is also the Inflation Reduction Act. So you don't want to increase fossil fuels. Yeah. In turn, will increase re- in- inflation. Like this act is to reduce inflation. So all in time, they're working on decreasing clean energy costs rather than increasing fuel costs. Yeah. That's the point of this bill. Which in turn makes fuel fossil fuels feel expensive when yes. When you compare it to yeah. the clean energy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So some other notable wins. Um 
that this bill will do is accelerate clean energy transition to lower costs for people across the country, help transition away from fossil fuels to invest in zero emission transportation. Transportation is a huge, huge, huge emitter. So this is big. Mm -hmm. Um, Kylie Jenner, we're looking at you with your private jet. Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Communities of color and low-income communities face disproportionate harms from pollution and climate crisis. So this bill uh, has solutions um, in place to help these communities, and it understands that these solutions also need to be led by these communities to make it work for the the low-income and um, communities of color. So the bill pushes to help these communities. All right. Industrial agriculture also fuels the climate crisis and in turn can really harm agriculture. Like in the long run, there could be an agriculture crisis. So the bill works on advancing practices to make farming more climate friendly. And then oceans and trees store carbon. Um, and they also it's huge in like the environmental vibe, like everything, you know, it's not just like industrial things that need to be improved. The natural world also needs to be improved to help fight climate change. Okay. So it still provides pr- protection for oceans and um, trees and yeah. natural communities to help protect that and um, balance that out as well. Okay. So a lot of positives, a lot of strides forward. If you pay attention to politics or, you know, have paid attention to this news, you might have heard about Joe Manchin, who is a Democratic senator, but he is a senator in an oil state, oil and coal state, coal state, I believe, actually. So um, although he's Democratic, he's not he, he's fairly conservative in his environmental beliefs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, they had to negotiate with him a lot. So although there was some things that didn't get into the bill that they wish would have, um, and there was some oil and gas benefits put into the bill because of Joe Manchin's request, they needed his vote. Um, It wasn't a perfect bill, but overall, everybody agrees that these are some extreme, extreme steps forward. And as Hank Green says, nothing gets done if you don't believe it can't get done boom thanks hank <laughs> so that's a little summary yeah a lot of uh, lots of work to be done but this is huge very very huge um feels like it's been hard to even get people to acknowledge climate change and then now to get people to want to do something about it is mm-hmm. is amazing um so yeah, I'm glad you went over that. I knew that was passed and uh, I've, I have like listened to a couple of news podcasts that recapped it, but that was a great recap. And um, sometimes it's hard to digest that. and you just need to yes. like have somebody else say it. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Um, and, and I like felt you said, like you a lot of, like, I really liked Hank Green's explanations and I really recommend watching his YouTube video because I felt like a lot of news and articles and news podcasts that I were listened to were really not going into how it actually helps our way forward with climate change. Like yeah. all I heard about was Joe Manchin and the, yeah. the Democrats fighting about what to put in the bill. Like all I heard about was the politics behind the bill. I didn't actually hear about the bill 
I'm yeah. like, this needs to be talked about, celebrated, and pushed forward so people can like understand what this means. Yeah. I'm not just talking about like the politics and the fighting behind the bill, which I yeah. felt like was what the mainstream media was covering. I agree. A lot of Joe Manchin talk was on the podcast I listened yeah. to as well, which we listened to the same like daily news podcast. Yeah. So um and that was actually no, that, Hank that was Reed great. specifically called out the daily. He's like they didn't say one thing about the bill. They literally yeah. talked about Joe Manchin the whole time. Yep. Yep. But yeah. Right. Win for hopefully the future of humanity. Win for the planet. We love the planet. Um, heart, 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 heart. That was weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. That was great. Yeah. Clearly, I get a little overexcited. So sorry if it was a little bit jumbled, but you get the idea. No, it was great. It was great. We'll link the YouTube video, which like you said, he always, there's a reason his crash course videos are used in like educational purposes. They're easy to follow and understand. So I'm going to watch it for sure. Yes. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for another great week. Hope you have a great rest of your week. We love you and stay happy. As happy as you can be. Bye. 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 Thank you.